the Christian Circle podcast and you're listening to Pamela Fernandez where we have conversations about Christian living. Here's the show. Hello everyone, we have a new podcast this month for the month of March and I know that we didn't have one for February even though we recorded one and somehow the recording didn't go through. We had some trouble with uh, the software and so this month we've got a wonderful podcast. We've really taken the time to um, you know, write to people and get in a wonderful podcast for Lent. But before we go into the podcast, a um, number of things. Firstly, um, we are now on TuneIn.com. So earlier we were on iTunes, we were on Stitcher, we were on... Um, I believe SoundCloud. So we're actually on every digital radio station out there. And that means that you can access us from any part of the world. Now, if you have a particular uh, podcasting website or uh, a particular uh, digital station that you use more often and you would like us to be there, then um, <clears throat> write in to me and I should be able to send in um, the RSS feeds there as well because right now we're on every major network possible. So that's a big milestone because TuneIn.com really curates a lot of material and for us to be there as well, I think it's a big thing. Um, Secondly, we're doing giveaways. Um, I know that the last few months the giveaways didn't really happen but uh, we're doing the giveaways and we're going to give it... um, we're going to give you gifts from our merchandise as well because um, a few people wrote in and said that they don't want books and they don't want CDs and we have so many books to give away. Um, so we're shifting to merchandise. We might do books as well, but um, look at the website. That's pamlakifernandez.com. We're setting up the raffle copter and uh, there should be one giveaway a month um, for whoever participates. It's not going to be very complicated. And the third bit of good news is that um, 10 Reminders for the Single Christian Woman has a face. Yes, we have a cover for the book and we're looking at a pub date of, I think, June, mid-June somewhere or the end of June. So we've actually started working uh, quite seriously on a lot of aspects, uh, book trailers and um, the editor. We've got a wonderful editor who's come on board. So uh, a number of good things there. And um, now we go straight to the podcast, and it's all about Lent, where Stephen Spillane tells you to be different. So, my name is Stephen. I'm from Cork in Ireland. Um, I'm an Anglican, uh, but I was raised Roman Catholic. Um, I'm a lay assistant at the Eucharist, and I represent my parish, which is St. Anne's Shandon and Diocesan Synod. I also help with teaching of the confirmation class. Mm-hmm. and things like various other things in the parish like that. Um, okay. Regular attendance is at tender in St. Anne's and in the local cathedral for morning prayer on my days off. So um, I, I saw your post at the beginning of this month on uh, Lent and um, I really enjoyed reading it. But I wanted to uh, understand what was the thought process you had before, like, you know, while you were making that list? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I suppose I was thinking of Lent and we had started this year in Advent in my own church and we had a parish reflection evening and that had gotten me thinking of, you know, these seasons of the church are an opportunity for us to do something different, to engage more with our faith. Mm -hmm. And 
I was thinking back to, you know, what I'd done in the past for Lent and what we would have been encouraged to do at school, which would have been to give things up, like to give up sweets, give up chocolate, give up crisps and all these type of things. So I was thinking, and over the last few years, I've had the, the opinion that you shouldn't really give up something for Lent, mm-hmm. that you should actually take something up, um, whether it would be to read a book or to do something like that, mm-hmm. um, or a course or a Bible study or something like that. So I went away and I looked and I said, okay, what is actually out there? Mm-hmm. What ideas are there? And so I said, I'd make a little list. And it's, as usual, after I made the list, I found loads of other things, <laughs> which, is, which is always the way when you write a list, you yeah. find five more things, uh, which was, but still, it, it, it got really good feedback. It actually formed the basis mm-hmm. for a part of Earl Parish Lenten reflection as well, which was really cool as well. So I got to give that. So I was really happy with that. So, but it also means that before you uh, start Lent, there's some preparation to it, right? It's not like you just wake up on Ash Wednesday and you say, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. So Yes, I, I think that should be the way with, it, mm-hmm. okay. with anything. It's like, for me, a church season, it's like a holiday. You don't wake up on the morning of your flight going, <laughs> right, I need to pack, I need to start my passport. You know, we should have kind of that kind of mentality or even with Christmas we don't wake up on Christmas morning saying we have to wrap the presents or buy the presents you know we we do kind of need to prepare ourselves and Lent is a long season yeah yeah. and you know it's 40 odd days if if you go by the actual calendar (laughs) and add in Sundays and all the rest of it and it is it is a prayerful time and you can't rush into that you kind of have to build up to it and prepare yourself and just have the resources that you need um, and and the support network, especially if you're doing something new, because mm-hmm. if you're not used to say prayer or or on a daily basis and mm-hmm. or you know sitting quietly, that can be quite difficult. Yeah. And it's I think it's good to know people who do it or have done it, and so you can either you know follow their recommendations for books that can help or mm-hmm. just sit and talk with them and listen to their advice i think that's kind of important how does somebody go about making this list for themselves like i know that you've you've uh, made this list and we're going to talk about your list uh, in detail but how does somebody go about making their own list like uh, personalizing it to themselves i suppose it comes down to well, where your interests are like what I did is like, what are the things I would like to do mm-hmm. uh, in terms of challenging or learning mm-hmm. my, uh, about my own faith? Yeah. So reading a book is, I find, one of the best ways to learn. So that's, that's why the first one on my list was to read a book. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came to, I, and I know not everyone has the time to do that. Yeah. So it's, again, it's looking at the time that you have to give to something like if you're have a big family or it's a busy family between work, kids, the whole lot, you know, having even 10 minutes to yourself can be quite difficult. So again, it's about setting real, being realistic about the time that you have to give to taking up something. So that's where I came to looking at the idea of the email courses, you know, and like this, and as usual, I wrote about one and I found about five more afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But because the internet is fantastic, there's so much stuff out there. you know that you can do and like it i'm sure like i'm being from ireland you know I, i'm church of ireland but like it's quite easy for me to dip into the church of england stuff um and having been raised roman catholic there's still a few catholic things <laughs> you know so it, 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 it's interesting how you you do use it to form your own personal theology 
and how it works for you. Um, for others, then you, it's the charity type of campaigns. It's yeah. like, okay, what can I like? How can I help make a difference in the world? Is it by volunteering my time, mm-hmm. or is it by doing something like count your blessings? You know, yeah. learning about what's going on in the world that mightn't be on the news every day, um, and supporting a charity that you like. Mm-hmm. Or it, here in Ireland as well, we've got Trokera, um, and they have they do a Lenten campaign as well, and it's about. When you do something that you know you shouldn't have, whether it's, for example, swearing or whatever, you know, you put the money in the in the box oh, to give to charity. Oh, so yeah. it, it's a nice it's a nice little way of doing it that it's it's not taking it's not something that needs to take up a whole lot of time, yeah. but it's doing something different for those forty days. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for for me, it's it's grand. I'm single. I can do what I want yeah. to uh, to uh, work. But if I have time, if I have a few days off together, you know, I can head away on a retreat, and or I go to a monastery or something like that, just to be. And I think that's to me, I think is an important part of Lent as well, to give us give us all permission to be, whether it's at ten minutes a day or even if it's fifteen minutes on a Sunday, when everyone else is getting ready to go visit Granny or something, that you take those fifteen minutes and say, like, okay, let's reflect, let's see where we are, let's see, you know, yeah. where am I? And it it can be difficult to timetable it, yeah. but it's it is important that we do it. And I and I think Lent again, it, Lent is a great excuse. It's it's that opportunity to kind of do something different. And if someone says to you, "Oh, why are you doing that?" You can go, "Oh, I'm doing this for Lent." And everyone goes, "Oh, okay." <laughs> you know, it's like there, there, there's no difference. Exactly. People expect you to do something slightly different during Lent. They're like, "Oh, no, that makes sense." Yeah. There's, there's no ulterior motives. There's no double questioning. It's like, oh, no, that, that's right. Yeah. You know, why not? <laughs> so the first part of your uh, list was reading a book. Now, uh, there are lots of books out there. There are so many things that people can read. Now, how does somebody tailor the books that they feel would help them, uh, you know, on this lengthened journey? Like, how do you pick the things that you want to read? Well, for me, the, 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 the first one that I picked was actually the one written by the Archbishop of, of Canterbury, mm-hmm. um, specifically for Lent. So, you know, there's a bit of a theme there, but it, it's on money okay. and how today in this materialistic society, how we can use money to serve grace so that we don't become fully involved in this money issue and, that, and you know, storing the treasures that we can't take to the next life. Yes, yes. But at the same time, having enough that we, we focus on what we have in a sense that we use that to, to move forward and to, 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 to live our lives. I'm only, I've only started it, but I'm it's good bit into chapter one, and it, it is fantastic. Okay. His, it, the introduction alone, I think, was, I was glad I picked it. He has this fantastic view on the parable of the great mer- the, the merchant with the great pearl, okay. the, the, the merchant who sells everything for the pearl. And I'm not going to spoil it for anyone listening, but it is worth reading just for that. And it's a it's a fantastic book, and the other book then that I I kind of chose to focus on was um which I will hopefully get to read by the time I finish, uh, Detroning Mammon, is the day the revolution began, um by Tom Wright. So I picked this one because again it it was on the crucifixion, you know this event that we're building up to, mm-hmm. okay. and I think sometimes we sometimes can focus too much on Easter and sometimes we focus yeah. too much on Lent. And one, you can't have Lent without Easter, you can't have Easter without Lent. Yeah. So I think 
we need to remember that it is a journey and that we're moving towards this end point. And for me, personally, I kind of was a bit afraid of the cross and what it meant. And, you know, so this is a, a, a way for me to engage with that. And a lot and of people to, don't want to talk about the cross, right, or the crucifixion. I mean, they're an Easter people, but they will not uh, talk about the sacrifice or, or the... Exactly. The, yeah. it, 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 it's so true, and it, it's something that, you know, we kind of acknowledge it. We say, yeah, it happened, but we don't want to focus on it. We, don't want to, we, we can ignore all that nastiness, that sadness, that bitterness, okay. that you know, must have been going through those, the apostles and the followers of Christ mm-hmm. as they, you know, it was the end of their their, their world as they could see yeah. it uh, on Good Friday and, and how then Easter Sunday, we go back to normal. <laughs> well, in reality, for them, Easter Sunday was this huge revelation, this this wonderful thing, how that power of the cross was suddenly powerless. It was, you know, and it, it, I think... This is, I think, with this book, I might have that opportunity to actually engage with my own thought processes on it and learn and explore that. So you would say that depending on what you think you want to learn, you pick up the books based on what you want to grow in, the area that you feel is is, is where you want to learn or grow, right? Exactly, exactly. Like a book I found after I had written this list, as usual, and I'm absolutely <laughs> loving um, It's a beautiful little book. Uh, by John Pritchard, and it's called. It's actually called the journey. Okay. And it's uh, which it's the journey with Jesus to Jerusalem and the cross. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful length book. There's just a small. There's a piece for every day, mm-hmm. um, Monday to Friday, and then a poem on a Saturday. Um, but it takes a a, a, a part of Luke's gospel, okay. you, which you read, and then it gives. He has written it from the point of view of John, the Apostle John, mm-hmm. the youngest of it. And it gives a, what he thinks he might have been saying about it and his view on it. And it's utterly fantastic. And it just follows the story. And you can see as, as it's going on, you know, we've, we've completed kind of a week and a half of Lent. And it's, it, you can feel the nervousness okay. as you're approaching Jerusalem. And it's a, it's a total different way of looking at it. And it, It's not on the list in, in the article that I wrote, but it's certainly one that if I'm writing something similar for next year, this will be on the list. <laughs> okay. So the other two things that you put on your list was online courses and Lenten study courses, right? Um, yeah. How do you think um, people should go about doing these courses? Because I find a lot of people like do the course and then... There's nothing really learned there. I mean, they're just doing one course after the other, year after year. So, so yeah. tell us a little about that. Yeah. Well, well, most of the courses I've done online, I've done through the Church Army. Um, okay. And they're an evangelical uh, group in the UK and Ireland. They are absolutely fantastic. Um, when you sign up for one of their courses, you can sign up to be a member, which is free. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like they, they they go from right to the beginning, like of uh, someone's faith, and mm-hmm. uh, with a course called Now a Christian, and they go on and they like this every Lent. I think this is their second Lent doing salt, being salt and light, mm-hmm. based on Matthew five thirteen to sixteen. It's it's a fantastic little course, and it, it, it's. It's practical. It's saying, okay, here's a reflection. Here are two things you can do. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's not just about reading or learning that way, but it's doing the learning. For example, you know, last last week it was about, you know, the neighborhood and kind of things like that. So 
one of the suggestions was to bake cookies and call into your next door neighbours just because. Another idea was to put extra food into your slow cooker on the Sunday before going to church and invite someone back for dinner. Very simple things, but, you know, something that we don't do to, to, you know, to create that church community because our lives are so busy and we're so disconnected, yes, so interconnected, that we don't sometimes see the people that are actually in front of us that actually need that companionship and that they need that fellowship. So email courses can be good when they have the practical yeah. side of it. And I think it, it's to find a course like that. You know, I find that this is the way we probably should be living. But we do it, we're doing this only for Lent. But uh, this kind of community fellowship and stuff is how we should actually be even outside of Lent, right? Oh, oh definitely, definitely. And you see, Lent is a great time because it's so long, 40 days. You know, it's a great way to pick up a habit. Yeah, yeah. Because they say it takes three weeks to break a habit. Yeah. So, sure, if you keep doing something for three weeks, you'll take it up as a habit. Yeah. So, we're doing this for longer than three weeks. So, you know, this is something that we can do, and it, it, it's it's brilliant. And it's, as you say, it's that way of creating that community and that fellowship and that support network that, of faith that many of us lack yeah. because we're afraid to talk about it in public. Because to me now, it seems to be to be of faith is nearly to be countercultural. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's... You know, it, 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 it's not, it's, it's, it's now the alternative. Yeah. Um, to be in the mainstream, while many may say they are Christian or they, 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 they have faith, they don't really do a whole lot about it. it it's there, it's in the background. It, they make the odd nod at it, possibly at Easter and Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's what happens in between those times is, is when the church community is there and is living and it's supporting its members as people and as as church. And I think that's really important. So the other thing that you also mentioned was uh, about uh, charity. Now, I just want... Uh, now, yes. most people don't really believe in this and, and that's why I wanted to you know, talk about it a little more. Why is this so important? Why is almsgiving and charity, all of this so important? Why is it one of the pillars of our Lenten mission? I think it is. Um, it's definitely one of the pillars because there's... Uh, I was reading a fantastic thing about Lent and it was giving a few ideas what to do. And one of the ideas was give things away. That included money, it included belongings because there's never it made the point there's never a good time to give away money if there's someone on the street collect something you know you have fiver in your pocket and you're going i could put those five euro or five whatever dollars or whatever in the collection bucket or i can get a coffee but you have to weigh up that five euro is probably worth more to that charity because they can do more with it than what we than what I could with that coffee. So I think it's it's about just being aware of the different small amounts. I'm not saying, and I don't think anyone in today's church is advocating selling all your possessions and <laughs> and, and, and and you know living uh, the, the life like that. But I think it is something that we can do and we can make a difference in the world, even in these small little ways. Mm-hmm. For example, the the, the count your blessings. Yeah. Um, that I'm doing, it, 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 that, I, that I mentioned in the in the post, they they every day, not every day, but some days they suggest just small things. For example, during the last week, it was give ten cent for every time you turn on a tap, and it's just something very simple. You, you're, number one, you're aware of how often you use the running water. Yeah. And two, you're kind of going probably less than ten times in the day that you do. So you, in the end of the day, you're giving it a, a euro. Yeah. So. 
that's not a whole lot out of my pocket. So it's like, no, I can do that. And it, 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 it's about managed giving. And I think organizations such as Christian Aid, Trocra, who are doing amazing work um, in, in the developing world in, in Africa where they're, they're facing massive starvation and famine at the moment. You know, we are in such a privileged position that I don't think we can afford to, as human beings, let alone as Christians, not to give. As a counter to that, you know, a lot of people would do, they would just take their extra money and put it again back into uh, Sunday Mass and then forget all about it. What is this of um, charity compared to, you know, the spirit of the law versus just just doing it for the heck of doing it? So Yes, it, yeah, it, it, it's to do it without no one else knowing. Yeah. And I think... It, that that's important, and I and I think a lot of churches will take have an extra collection for a charity during it, yeah. again, uh, to do it. And it, it I think again it, it's it's one of those things that we shouldn't be self conscious, nor should we be praising ourselves and others for doing it. Like I I I love doing it myself, and I talk about it when I write or when I'm doing talking to, to to someone like yourself. But it's not something I post about every day on Facebook or Twitter or one of these things. It's like no, it, it's it's just lovely, and sometimes it just puts a thought in my head, and I'm like, actually, that's a good idea. That's something that maybe I should keep doing um, as a habit, like, such as counting how many times I turn on the water so that I'm actually aware of how much water I'm using, and things like that that actually not only benefit someone else, but also making sure that we're stewards of the world, because that's yeah. what we are called to be. And I think this is where a charity campaign uh, are supporting a charity during Lent can actually work in so many different ways. It can be helping change you as a person, open your eyes to to uh, to the other, to the global neighbour that we all have, and it's just one of those wonderful things that we can do to change our own habits to actually save the world. As in terms of with climate change and all all these things that are happening throughout the world. There, there was a fantastic letter by the moderator of the Church of South India on on water and how scarce a resource it is in, in our world and in, in places like India and Africa, it is going to be so precious. Quite precious. I have to, I'm sorry to cut you, but you know, in India, a lot of people don't even have access to water 24 hours a day. I mean, they get exactly. rationed water for like three or four hours and then they collect what they have to and then they use that for the, for the day. So we're really lucky that we have water, you know. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and it's things like that. And, and it's being aware of that and, and kind of wondering, okay, what can I change in my life to try to make that easier for everyone else? And to be an example, but not one, an example that shouts it from the rooftop, but <laughs> that quiet, that quiet example that, you know, of when someone asks, oh, who's he? Oh, he's a really good person. He, he lives a good life, but there's no exact detail. It's kind of like, you know, he does it for good reasons. You know, if they see someone doing something a bit different to everyone else. The last bit that was uh, on your list was going on a retreat. Now, I know that a lot of people don't have the access to go on a retreat. But, um, you know, what do you think are the advantages of going? I mean, I'm sure you've been to many, but what is the real advantage of going to a retreat? For me, the advantage is it's a complete break with routine. You can, like, you, you can't do what you do at home. Yeah. Um, you're, in a, you're in a different place. You, for example, my, my main experiences have been in Glenstall Abbey. It's a place very close to my heart in Limerick, 
and um, it's a Benedictine monastery, and they are just wonderful there. Um, you, they take people of all faiths or and none, um, and it is just this. They have a wonderful rhythm to the day of prayer, and I think that's challenging to someone like myself who comes from you know, I pray in the morning on the bus to work, and then that's it. Um, or I go to morning prayer on my day off, and that's kind of it for the rest of the day. So it's challenging there because you're no longer working on a time frame of, okay, getting up at this time, have to be here at that time, then lunch, then meeting that person, and you know, then home for dinner, and then maybe out for drinks with friends. Here it's it's not like that. It's breakfast is after morning prayer, then you have free time to do walking or reading or whatever. And you have mass, and then you have lunch after mass, mm-hmm. and then you have vespers with supper after that, and then you have compline. So it's a total different structure. So it's giving you that opportunity, and with the time in between the services, to actually stop and just think, and actually like engage with a book or engage with nature. A lot of these monasteries are in beautiful parts of the world. Uh, I've I've seen pictures of wonderful ones like of Coptic monasteries of Orthodox. And they look like amazing places, and it's just that ability to be able to. I would say it's more. It's it. These places give you permission to stop, to not worry, to not be continually going on social media. Oh, what should I be doing now? What you know? I I need to take a picture of my lunch for Instagram. I need to do. You know, it, it it's it's running at a complete different speed to the rest of the world, and it, it's just utterly fantastic. Doesn't it make you realize that you don't actually need all of this other stuff, and that you have too much stuff going on in your life that's that's unnecessary? I agree a hundred percent. But yet, when I come back, I'm still loving all that extra stuff. <laughs> it it is nice to have that to remind you every now and then, and I think that that's important as well. That you know, okay, don't take all this for granted. Yeah. Acknowledge it's a privilege, and you know, it's it is there and. You know, it, it, prayer, whether as meditation or as, as you know, as part of Mass or Eucharist or, or whatever you do in your own faith, it, it's it's a wonderful experience. And actually sharing that with others, you see, this is the thing with a retreat as well, is you're engaging with others. Some who might be new to faith, others who might be struggling in faith, others who are very confident and needing a break from parish life. Mm-hmm. I, I've been very lucky with who I've met on retreats, like a, a range of faiths, Unitarian, Methodist, uh, Evangelical Christians, you know, all in this one place yeah. and, you know, lay and ordained. It, and it's just this wonderful, wonderful experience because you're, you know, you stay up uh, late in the night drinking tea mm-hmm. and having these wonderful discussions and learning from each other, learning from each other about our faiths. And in, often, from engagements like that, you actually end up learning about more about your own faith because you're actually challenged nicely to what you believe yourself. Apart from that, is there some, is there teaching? Is there, um, apart from this discussion, are there lectures or what goes on at these It depends on the retreat that you go on. Um, any of the ones I have gone on haven't featured anything like that it, it's been very much I do my own thing in between the services but you can you can go on ones with themes that they might look at ways of praying or they might be looking at for example Lenten retreats so that again they look at the, the, 
the message of Lent and prepare you for Easter and, and, the, and the message that that, that that brings. And I think that's important as well. Uh, it's a case of finding it, uh, for me it's just never worked out with timing that I'm actually free those weekends and it's I do prefer the unstructured ones because it, it does break that where I have to be at certain times but at the same time if that sounds like hell to somebody else and it probably does and uh, that they, they they like the idea of, of having to, that opportunity to, to, to learn from someone else in a, in a structured environment it, they they are fantastic ones, um, but even outside of that, there's uh, during Lent often I, I know Lentstall do Lenten lectures on yeah. Sundays, and I'm sure many monasteries do yeah. that on a Sunday. Or, or um, the Dominican Priory here in Cork, they they have one on a Monday evening. They do it, yeah. and but they do that all year round, which is wonderful. They have talks on various subjects, uh, which is a fantastic idea. And it, it's that great way to to learn with others. As, as much as we can learn from a book, um, as we were talking about earlier, it's great to be able to read, whether it's the Bible or a book on faith, and actually then be able to discuss it and learn more that way. So do you have any last bits of advice like for somebody um, you know, to have a good length? I mean, it's, we're, we're already like two weeks over. Uh, <laughs> You know, some advice to these people. My advice would be to challenge yourself, to do something slightly different, to give yourself permission to do something different, whether it's to, to give yourself that permission to take the 15 minutes at the end of a busy week or at another time, you know, every day if, if you can or whatever, but giving yourself that permission to be, and whether that being involves reading a book, reading an email, a daily email from a, a, an email study course or you know, or get just going in the car and going for a drive somewhere to be, whether it be a, a place with a beautiful view or a monastery or whatever. But it's where you can be and be alone with God. And I think that's important. So uh, tell us a little about uh, where we can find you. I mean, uh, people would like to read more or... Uh... Uh, so I mainly write on spiritualityireland.org which is a, a website myself and a few friends set up a few years ago, uh, Danny and Cleo, and we've gotten a great range of people to contribute uh, across the many faiths and spiritualities that exist in our world. And we have people posting from all over the world. I obviously, when I'm posting, I, I focus mainly on Christianity and, and kind of what I know from uh, the Anglican and, and the Episcopal churches. The odd times in Roman Catholicism when it's something that interests me. But I, that's where I mainly can be found. And I, I have another blog as well, which does politics. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, which is quite interesting. My two favorite subjects are the two things you're not supposed to talk about in polite conversation. <laughs> so you can find that one on stevenspillan.com. And uh, are you, I, I, I hate to do this during Len, but are you on Twitter and Facebook? Oh, I am. I, I, I'm not one of these people that keep things up during Lent. <laughs> so you can find me uh, on Facebook with uh, Stephen Spillan, that's Stephen with a PH. And on Twitter, I am at Spiller2, just the number two. So thank you so much for um, yes to this podcast. Yes, it is. And, and thank you for contacting me. I, I When I saw your email asking, I, there was a massive smile on my face. So thank you for asking. I, I'm always happy to do it. <laughs> If you'd like to get in touch with me, you could tweet me at Pamela Q Phones. I'm also on Facebook at Pamela Q Fernandez. So see you next time. Until then, God bless and take care.